Is now the future, the future of organizations, the future of companies? Can it replace democracy? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see in this episode of Blockchain from the Block. Luca, I'm not sure if I'll ever want to, to like start a new company. Why? S- the stress. It's <laughs> too much. It's too much. And now you're coming at me with like these DAOs and like the organization structure. Why would I ever, ever start a new company on this like shiny new blockchain concept? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, look, uh, let's, let's start first, first with what actually is a DAO. Do you know what's a DAO? I know what a DAO is, but not a DAO. <laughs> so basically, DAO is a short uh, for decentralized autonomous organization. Sounds sexy. Sounds complicated. A bit. But, but this is the, 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 the whole thing. The concept of a DAO started almost at the same time as the concept of a blockchain or a Bitcoin. So it's not something new. The first one basically started in 2016 and failed miserably, but it was a human error. We're going to get to that a little bit later. So basically, what is a DAO? DAO is an organization that is designed to be fully automated and decentralized. Basically, it's built as a smart contract with specific things and rules that govern what can happen in this DAO, in this sort of so, so a smart contract as a company, let's say. Exactly. Or not necessarily a company, it can be a government, a form an of organization. government. Or an organization, exactly. So basically the, the whole idea behind the DAO started when the original founders, developers of the DAO believed they, that basically they can eliminate the human error or the human manipulation of investment uh, game. So investing is a process. So they decided to put a certain amount of funds, and I think it was was around $70 million. They created a smart contract around it. And basically the way that DAO functions is that it does what it's... um, let's say participants want so people vote for the best course of action let's say we build a DAO for investing in companies then you uh, the DAO accepts a proposal for an investment to review it and then all of the participants of the DAO say we want to invest in this company invest in this company and if the 51% for example decide to invest in this company the amount that this company is actually asked for is automatically transferred to the company itself and the shares or the tokens of the company is automatically transferred to the DAO so basically it was kind of a you know, a complex decision-making power uh, that was put in the hands of a fully automated system with a crowdsourced process because people actually invested their money in a DAO. This is how you became become part of the DAO. One of the things that actually happened here was built on Ethereum using Solidity smart contract language and was funded by, you know, Ether, the tokens behind Ethereum. It was designed to allow, um, you know, investors to send money from anywhere in the world, anywhere, practically, I don't know, Iran, Antarctica, Kazakhstan, UK, US, from whenever, anonymously into the DAO. And then the DAO would then provide tokens for these users, allowing them voting rights on possible projects. What happened is it launched, I think, 
I think around this time in 2016, they did a crowdfunding campaign for something like this, and they raised, I think it was 150 million pounds, uh, 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 euros uh, in funds. So it was one of the biggest crowdfunding campaigns at that time. But what happened that at certain points, there was a critical vulnerability because developers are not perfect and they basically did a trivial mistake which allowed hackers just two months after the, uh, after the kickoff to attack the DAO and basically they gained around uh, they gained access to around 50 million US dollars or I think 4 million ethers uh, back then this kicked off a massive massive you know kind of argument because the guys who created It, the whole idea behind the smart contracts and behind, let's say, progr programmable money and DAOs is that the code is the law. The hacker actually didn't do anything illegal. He just exploited the flaws in the system to withhold the funds. But this is the one, one view. But what actually happened is that people behind it said, okay, let's roll back the blockchain before the time this hack happened and let's release the funds. This was like an anathema to a lot of things. So this was like forbidden taboo. And what effectively happened is that the Ethereum chain split into, into two. Something we, we know right now as Ethereum and something that call, calls itself Ethereum Classic. So the Ethereum Classic are the fundamentals saying that this stays as is. Hackers still have the access to the funds because it was designed and developed in this way. So why am I explaining you this? Because this brought up... So this scared a lot of people, but this brought up, this was an experiment in new forms of governance. This DAO was a, an organization with a specific purpose to invest in projects. But what happened afterwards was like a, a supernova, big bang of DAOs. So there's a lot of experiments right now with decentralized governance systems, decentralized autonomous organizations all around us. And this is... I think it's safe to say that this is one of the most interesting experiments in the recent history when it comes to voting, democracy, governing and leading a project, and all of these things uh, in general. In, 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 in principle, this is like we decide that all of the decisions in this room right now is uh, you know, going to be made by you, me, and Lorena holding the microphone now. So... And the way that we make decisions is by using the tokens that we generate for the three of us. And whenever there is a majority vote, we or the organization is committed to do exactly this. And it does these things automatically. So this brings a lot of interesting, super interesting possibilities. But at the same time, it brings so many, let's say, bad things that can happen, threats. And uh, cool. Yeah. Let's talk to someone who knows even more about DAOs, uh, Todor Kolev, and ask him a, a few questions. So what exactly is a DAO, a DAO, and how and why do you decide to innovate in this very specific area? Uh, so the thing is that uh, yeah, if you, what is DAO? DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization, basically. And this doesn't make any sense if you accept that the world is going to work the way that it works right now. Uh, and nothing's gonna change. But if you see that something is changing, then probably in this new world, the DAO concept will, will make sense. So it's, it's important probably to, to start from, from this perspective, what's uh, the problem with the world. And the problem with the world is that we live in this system that's called capitalism, which is great. And basically that's a system that uh, 
uh, make all the good fruits in our civilization right now. Without inventing it, uh, we were not going to be uh, such uh, effective civilization as we are now. But the problem with capitalism is that it concentrates ownership. The idea is that fewer people that are having ownership and the rest, the rest are just resources. And that's the whole idea because uh, the, the capitalism, like any other as a system, basically, it, it requires humans as resources to do work. In this idea, the, the majority of the people, they are just these, these resources that are helping the companies to achieve their mission, but uh, companies are not owned by the masses of the people. Companies are owned by very few people. And the idea is that ownership, even if you, in English, ownership is very similar and very equal in meaning to uh, responsibility. So if you have ownership over something, you have responsibility over something. And if you don't have ownership over something, you don't have responsibility, basically. And the idea is that we live in this uh, society in which people don't have ownership and they don't have responsibility. And that's because in the way we structure our society right now, people are treated as resources. But the problem is that there is uh, another resource on the horizon, and this resource is called automation. When you start automating work, you don't need people anymore. This has happened before. Before we had this industrial revolution, the steam engine and so on, and the uh, agricultural revolution. So people are starting to do new things, more complicated things, and they always find a better work. So uh, many people think that the problem with automation is the problem of uh, how we actually re-educate the people to do other work. But the thing is that in 10 years, probably, we'll be able to buy one human brain of computing power, one exaflop, for $1,000. And if you can buy one human brain of computing power for $1,000, then why you need a person to do the job? So, so the point is that it's not certain type of work that's getting automated so we can move to a new work, but any kind of work will be automated. So if you're a company, if you're a business, and uh, if you want to be a good business and you want to cut, cut your costs and increase your productivity, the most natural solution will be to use automation because automation will, will do the job. It will cut your costs and increase your productivity. When you're talking about companies, companies will not need human resources anymore. All these humans that were resources till now and they were without any uh, ownership uh, within the system, they will become uh, obsolete, like no one will need human resources anymore. And the question is that once this happens, so once people cannot work for each other anymore, so no one can be hired anymore, what, what people will do? The idea is that if you cannot work, with each, uh, cannot work for each other, why don't we start working with each other? And here the interesting part becomes, so if we are not working for each other anymore, we are starting to work with each other, now, how we organize ourselves? Because there is no boss anymore. There is no hierarchical organization anymore. And how we organize ourselves in, in, in an organization. And that's the idea of a DAO, of a decentralized autonomous organization. And the idea is that till now, because companies are owned by small group of people, this small group of people basically decides for, for the organization and the organization is owned. But uh, a DAO, a DAO cannot be owned. A DAO is owned by everyone and no one. A DAO just exists by itself, which is the idea of autonomous. An autonomous organization is 
autonomous. It, it doesn't depend on, on some particular group of people. It just exists on itself. So a DAO may have some people working in it, then all, all these people can disappear, but the DAO is still there, and then completely new set of people can go and continue the work in the DAO, but the DAO is independent of the people uh, that work for it. So that's, that's the whole idea. A DAO is an autonomous system that works outside of the, the human the human organization that that's actually supporting it. So yeah, I'm, I'm a developer. My background uh, is uh, engineering. I've been uh, writing code since I was 11. In, I started in 1996, so right now it's 23 years in which I'm writing software. So I have this nat uh, natural tendency to automate stuff and uh, to, to, to evolve technology in, uh, in solving problems. But in the last 10 years, I was doing uh, different uh, startups, businesses, uh, more specifically um, a software studio. Uh, this idea to, to, to somehow make uh, the people more important than, than the profit, I had it from, from the beginning with my uh, software studio. Yeah, I was trying to experiment with different bonus systems, with different uh, democratic models inside the company. So that my, my idea was to, to engage the people with the company because uh, I saw that if I treat people as employees, they don't care. They really don't care about the company, about all these missions and visions and stuff. They, they really don't care about that. What they care about is getting their salary in the end of the month. And I usually say that there is no bigger form of communism than paying people a salary. Because salary means you promise me to come in the office nine to five every day, I promise you this money. Nothing in this deal uh, regards some performance or some, some engagement of this person with, with the organization. So uh, paying salaries to people is very bad practice, I think. And uh, I was trying to experiment with different incentive models that basically uh, lock the incentives of individual people in the company with the company itself. While we were experimenting with different bonus schemes, the problem was that this bonus system was basically defined in some centralized software, and you cannot have a legal, um, legal weight of this system because anyone can go and change the numbers inside it, and you cannot promise that the numbers are actually based on the, um, on the, the rules of the system. And that was 2014, and uh, Ethereum popped up in the space, and I said, okay, so I was not convinced by blockchain, uh, but, sorry, I was not convinced by Bitcoin back then, uh, that it's something meaningful, but see, Ethereum is something meaningful because with Ethereum, I can define all the rules in which an organization functions, uh, all the rules in which uh, uh, I want to uh, incentivize uh, the people in that organization, and that system can be autonomous, meaning that no one can actually change it outside of the rules, meaning that it can be also legally binding because it's autonomous, it's, uh, it's not under the control of a particular person. So, so that's how it all started. Uh, in 2017, we established the Comrade Cooperative, which is a cooperatively owned entity, meaning that uh, we are not a company, we are a co cooperation, and uh, we have uh, around 30, uh, 30 members of the cooperation, and we are all kind of owners of the system. But I say that uh, when everyone owns something, it's equal to nobody owns it, owning it. And here we have this autonomous organization that is creating this incentive system based on blockchain. We, I would just say that we, we are a, a real DAO because ma many DAOs have either no legal form, which makes them completely 
illegal type of organization, let's say, uh, out of the bounds of the, the legal uh, constraints, which is not perfect because you're not integrated with the whole system, let's say. Or there are many DAOs pretending to be DAOs that are actually companies which are as centralized as any other company. There is nothing decentralized in them. So I think, yeah, with, with Comrade, we are making very significant steps of being an actual DAO based on cooperatively owned entity. Are there any use cases uh, that we might associate with our everyday lives? What the idea of a DAO that I have is that it's a, it's a system that incentivizes the contributors to a certain organization with the actual goals of the organization. So you don't have this uh, impersonification of the actual company that we have the, the owners of the company that are incentivized for the success of the company. And then you have all the employees that are incentivized to go nine to five in the office. But you have the actual contributors incentivized with the end result. And if you, if you, if you apply this in, in any current business, let's say, probably in some future world, every organization will be kind of cooperatively owned thing. But right now we have businesses that are owned by, by bosses. But still these bosses can incentivize the contributors in their organization, their employees, with the actual result of the organization. So what we do is this system with autonomy. And autonomy is doing something very simple. It basically says for, for all the people that work in the organization, we issue debt. This debt is in the form of tokens, and um, each token costs one euro. That's the, the nominal of the, the, the token. And when the company starts making profit, from the profit of the company, we buy back the tokens. And this creates incentives for the people. So now people know that they will get this money when the organization makes profit or income, actually it's better to define it with income, not with profit, and then they get, uh, get rewarded, and then they are incentivized with the success of the organization. And if you uh, apply this in, in any company, in any uh, small shop, basically, you can have the contributors of the organization incentivized with this end result. And that's something that you can apply in virtually any organization. So when are you planning to go live with autonomy? As we are not a company and we are not actually working on a product, but more on uh, infrastructure, uh, infrastructural things, we already have some versions that we experiment with in, in our cooperative. We are working, of course, on the, on the end product. And, uh, yeah, we are working on our own blockchain. And, uh, yeah, uh, we have progress through the year, but it's not something that you just launch and it's, it's done. So that was Todor, that was Luca talking about DAOs. Again, I have no idea if I'm going to start another company, but if I do, I might consider those. We'll see. Uh, as always, and so Luca doesn't say it this time, leave a review, of course, but also suggest this podcast to your friends, maybe an entrepreneur that's thinking about starting a new company, maybe a DAO, you never know. Uh, and of course, share, tweet, uh, and of course, email Luca sometime because if he doesn't get ideas for new companies, he gets cranky, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's it from Blockchain from the Block.